Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, it's Griffin. And this is wonderful. It sure is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, boy, I got the glow, don't I? I'm glowing, aren't I? Can you say that about yourself? Because I feel like I'm glowing. I've never heard anyone say it about themselves, but but it's true in your case. I'm radiant, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Effervescent. Mm-hmm. My skin is glowing. My pores are clean and clear and under control. <laughs> Mandy Moore came up to me and she was like, you're glowing. Your skin makes my skin look bad and my skin is perfect because of the proactive. I'm just glowing, and it's. I think it's just still Disney. I think I still got the Disney, the yeah. Disney glow. And there's a lot of things trying to keep me down. There's a lot of things there's trying to. Lot there's a of lot things. of stuff trying to get rid of this glow. Yes. Our whole, whole whole house stinks right now because there's a, something that's going bad in the dishwasher. <laughs> right now, there's an emergency in the dishwasher. If you don't hear from us tomorrow, it's because our dishwasher made some sort of horrible mess. Disaster. I, I'm playing this game with myself because I started it before you mm. got home. Yeah. There's a lot of plastic on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what the culprit. I put a plastic plate in the bottom rack. It could be any one of those things, but it could have been all of the things. But one of them did make a bad stink in the house. And so that's trying to get me down. Uh, There's a ladybug on the wall that's giving me kind of a stink eye. But I got the glow. politics. I mean, always, yes. And not to make light of that, I'm driving a, I'm getting work done on my primary whip. And so I'm driving a rental car and um, listening to the radio and listening to NPR and listening to the news. And it's just, it's not super good. Uh, But that's not what this show is about. No. This show's about good things. You got any small wonders? I was thinking about that as I was walking into the studio today. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I thought that if I talked for a little bit in that time, something would come to me. Okay. And what I would have to say came to me is a thing. Yes. You go first. <laughs> I am here about cherry coke today. You know my affinity oh. for cheer wine, but like it started with cherry uh-huh. coke, and um, I still just enjoy it. Those Coca Cola like mix them up machines um, excite me because it gives me the opportunity to. I used to have grenadine like in my apartment when I was still living in in Huntington, so I could just like sort of splash that shit in whatever I wanted. To. Oh, is that is that? I a mean, thing? it's what it's what you make like cherry cocktails with, oh. but yeah, um, and I don't know. There's uh, a big new Destiny expansion came out, so I was playing a little bit of that with uh, Justin and some friends from home. It's a fun fun game still. I like playing games with my friends. Mm-hmm. And chess videos. Been watching those again on YouTube. Just like oh, yeah. grandmasters playing each other. It's fun to watch. Are you playing yourself? No, I have no one to play with, but uh, oh, I like Griff. watching. No, it's like pretending that I have people oh, who Griff. play chess with me in my life. Do you, ha- do you think anything? Because I did three. Oh, can I do can I do a little this is going to come across like a plug. Okay. But I really like the new podcast merch that you guys have. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have sort of show um agnostic just podcast merch for people who are really enthusiastic about podcasts. There's literally a tie-dye t-shirt that just says podcasts on One it. One that says 100% podcasts. It's, <laughs> it's great. A coffee mug that says don't talk to me till I've had my podcast. There's, it was partially inspired by like the awful merch that they would sell at E3, which is the big gaming yeah. convention. Uh, I still wear that 100% gamer Yeah, Justin and I got. bought, uh, when we were doing a video, just a tie-dye shirt that said 100% gamer. So it's definitely in that vein. But um yeah, we're uh, we're we're not uh, keeping money from that. We're donating no, it to a uh, opiate addiction wonderful. relief uh, charity. So yeah, MacroyMerch dot com is it's I I think it's funny. I don't know if anybody else does. That's and, not and, me being humble. It's for for anybody that's curious. We we have had conversations about wonderful merch. We're just we're just not there we're yet. Not there yet. It seems like a big commitment. Um, <laughs> who goes first? I don't know. Yeah, I know because we skipped last week. But I'm hoping if I keep talking that. It, <laughs> Who goes first this week is when the website loads. Rachel is up first. Should we do? So we talked about this. We had an agreement that we wouldn't yes. all talk about only Disney stuff the whole yes. time because we had a really stupendous time. Um, and I know there's a lot of people who are very enthusiastic about Disney, and there's probably a lot of people who are not. So the compromise we struck up was half. We all get to <laughs> we each get to do one. Um, do you want to start with your Disney thing or your not Disney thing? Uh, I mean, I think we should do like a Disney rock block. Let's do our Disney rock block. And so if people aren't into Disney, they can just, you know. Jump to the ads, baby. That's where the money is for us. 
I'm going to open the door and check this tank. Yeah, it's not good. It's getting worse. <laughs> uh, so my, I mean, Disney was wonderful. Just first off, we should say that the trip was wonderful mm-hmm. uh, in general. We went with our son, who is going to be two in November, and the whole McElroy group with their kids. And uh, Clint McElroy joined us. And it was just the absolute best. Uh, But the thing I wanted to talk about this week was dark rides. Dark rides, yes. This is an expression that you kept using, and people kept using, and I had never heard before. Interesting. Um, I mean, it makes sense, obviously. It's the rides where you sit on, like, a moving, um, like, vehicle of some kind in the dark. Yes, so think Pirates of the Caribbean, or Mm -hmm. Haunted Mansion, or um, Figment, or, like, uh, there's, there are so many rides. I would say this is, this is a majority of the rides that are at Disney World. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciated them in so many new ways now that we have a small child. <laughs> yeah, I think when we were originally planning this trip, um, this is this is like a real parenting growth moment for me, is when we were planning this trip, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I haven't been to Disney in so long. I want to ride Space Mountain. I want to see all the Star Wars <laughs> stuff. I want to go to Toy Story Land. I want to go on Splash Mountain. I want to see what that Seven Dwarfs roller coaster is all about. And then I realized like pretty soon after that, like we're not going to do any of that stuff. We're just going to sort of go on the dark rides and experience story time with our child. And that will be even better. And it was. I will say that I realized that a little before you did. You did, you did. But I am, uh, you know, still a child at heart. Hmm. It's true. And it is one of the things I like about you. True. Uh, so, so yeah, so this is um, something that has a lot of obvious benefits, one of which is that it is constantly raining and hot in Florida. Sure. And so it's nice to escape. Rained every day we were there. Spent uh, a little time in the, uh, oh shit, what was it, the carousel of... The Carousel of Progress, which is like an animatronics-based show where you sit in this theater and it revolves around four time periods. It was delightful. It was delightful, (laughs) but also weirdly dystopian in a way. Like It starts off in the 20s and it's like the same family and it's like the 20s and the... Uh, 40s and then the like the 60s and it's like the future but the future is like busted compared to our actual ass real future now (laughs) um and really every single phase of it was like we've got a refrigerator that's just been invented and it's it can hold 20 ice cubes yeah it it started out with a like you hear those Lindbergh guys are making a play but then it fast forwards to the 40s and he's like ah ice box can now hold 100 ice cubes (laughs) and it's like so Walt is this mainly just an ice like a refrigerator technology sure enough every year every like time period had yeah, some, was something some sort refrigerator. of refrigerator update yeah <laughs> there's some sort of story there but that was nice uh so the first dark rides appeared in the late 19th century and were called scenic railways uh and pleasure railways was another phrase Yowza. is this like so like where it was like the tunnel of love was That's this what like the prototype about the, the carnival rides. okay mm-hmm. um I really thought we would make some jokes about pleasure railways, but we can move on if you want. I mean, there's there. It's one of those <laughs> things that is already so explicit. <laughs> yeah. There's not much. Oh, it's like a train and you have sex. It's like it's called yeah. a pleasure no, railway. See, this is why you're a seasoned comedy professional. Griffin. Yeah, uh, or I could do like I'll let you touch my third rail. That's nice. Yeah, it's where all the power is. <laughs> so that is that. Good yeah, no, that's good. That's okay, good. I feel satisfied with that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here comes the cab- the caboose. Something about the caboose. There's yeah. There's caboose. Um, uh, so the original dark rides uh, came largely from the Pretzel Amusement Ride Company. Okay, I've not heard of this. Uh, and I, I read about it. The citation I kept seeing was that people said that being in the car and being kind of moved back and forth and like crisscross the way that those dark rides do. Okay. Would reminded people of a pretzel. Okay. What was their jam? What kind of stuff did they, did they make? Was there, was there, it, cause it feels like the genre back then was probably just like, they make out in here. did the first single rail electric dark ride in 1928. Okay. But it doesn't say like what the theme of it is or anything. Uh, I mean, they give some examples of the early ones. Uh, a Trip to the Moon. Oh, that sounds good. Again, at the uh, 1901 Pan American Exposition. The, is that based on the movie? The movie where the, with like the big moon face guy and he gets the uh, yeah, rocket ship in his eye. I don't know, babe. I watched that when I had a fever once. 
is a trip to the moon. It's a well-named <laughs> movie. I'll tell you that much. It's got to be, right? Because that movie, I just Googled it. That movie came out in 1902. When did The Dark Ride come out? 1901. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, maybe it's not. Maybe. I don't know. Unless the movie was based on the ride. Somebody went on a dope dark ride. <laughs> I mean, you also know that a trip to the moon is not a a terribly foreign phrase or concept. Yeah, it's not related to the film at all. How strange. I know, but for the first dark ride called The Trip to the Moon, and then like this this like momentous film called The Trip to the Moon coming out like t- two years apart from each other. Sorry. It's strange to me, but <laughs> go on. Uh, so... As I was referencing, dark rides frequently change direction to improve the effect and give a sense of journey. Uh, when I was doing research, I read that all dark rides possess three core characteristics, a narrative arc, physical movement through a space, and a sense of reality or immersion. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We had one at Camden Park, which was our local amusement park uh, out in Cerrito Canova near Huntington. And uh, soon to be featured in Fallout 76, which I'm so fucking excited for. <laughs> uh, and there is a, a haunted, like, cart ride that is a darkroom ride. And it was very low budge, mm-hmm. but it still scared me quite a bit. It is interesting to me how dark rides, you have really have no sense of how much space you're covering. Yes. You know, like you're you're twisting a lot. And so it's hard to tell, but they, they seem huge to me every time I'm in them. And sometimes they have dips, but they don't tell you when the dips are coming. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. <laughs> uh, so so um, Disney World opened in the early 70s, uh, Disneyland in the 50s. Uh, but those the dark rides, you know, that kind of made them famous are It's a Small World, which was 64. Pirates of the Caribbean was 1967. Uh, which is, is just crazy to think, like the longevity of these rides. Well, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean did break down while we were waiting in line, so I'm not like super surprised, but no, it was, it was still a lot of fun. Well, and that's Disneyland. I don't know when they opened in Disney true, World. True, true, true. I imagine right when Disney World opened, they brought in some of the faves. Some of the fresh stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to uh, Phil Bloom, which is an attraction designer of, at American Scenic, uh, the number to achieve a good return on investment for a dark ride is 2,000 to 2,400 people per hour. Holy shit. So, for example, the Haunted Mansion clocks about 2,000 riders per hour, and Pirates of the Caribbean puts 4,000 people in an hour. Holy group. shit. Mm-hmm. That's so many people. I know. I know. It's like, I think it's, I mean, the boats are kind of always coming with those rides, you know, and they all house like, I don't know, 12 people or something. Maybe not 12, but like... Yeah, uh, we were talking to one of our. Uh, we took they so they have like a lift service at uh, the park now called minivans, which is so cute. Like the <laughs> it's very mouse. cute. Um, and one of the drivers used to work at the park, and they were like, "Yeah, I mean, if that if any of those rides breaks down, that's how you get the weight. If there is no like issue, yeah, with a lot of those darkroom rides, constantly st- there is no line. You just like zoom right through it. But as soon as you start having any problems at all, like it just accumulates." Um, well, a lot of those rides are set up too, where they're just, they are constantly moving. So you feel this pressure yeah, sure. as a person to like get in as fast as yeah. you can and sit down. Uh, but yeah, the reason, the reason I like these rides beyond the, the cool temperature yes, uh, and family friendly nature is they're always like, to me, they feel kind of more like going to see a movie, you know? Yes, exactly. It's, you're in this kind of intimate space with the people you're riding with. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's nice to, to ride, for example, with a lover. Yeah, sure. Uh, Cause it, you can do some stuff. <laughs> no, you can do some stuff. It's expected that you'll do some stuff. Um, <laughs> it's expected that you'll do a little bit of stuff. Kind of. It's what, in the really dark rides. Give me of what you mean. Baby. I'm not sure what you mean when you say stuff. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like look at your phone? No. You mean like like open a piece of gum and start chewing on it? Warmer. <laughs> what else is in that pocket? So uh, what was your favorite darkroom ride at Disney, oh, Disney World? Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, Peter Pan is great. Really? I thought it was, I mean, it's so cool when we got in there and we're like flying above London. It was neat. I know it did like kind of stall out. A little bit. Point. Yeah. It stalled out right in front of uh, a big like skeleton. And that was fun for our child. <laughs> um, I like the Frozen ride a whole lot. The Frozen one good. is up Epcot. there. There's an Avatar ride. Okay. I've never seen the film. I watched it uh, 
really, really probably the drunkest I've ever been after a friend's bachelor bachelorette, like let's go drink and swim in a lake party. And we went back to uh, an Airbnb we'd rented and I watched uh, like 30 minutes of it then. And then I, um, got sick. And that was sort of my association with Avatar before this. Mm-hmm. They have a little riverboat ride, though, that is so it's transportive. Yeah. I felt like I was with the Navi. I feel like I was playing with their cool spiky dogs. I feel like the little jellyfish guys were swimming all around my head. Yeah, the music and the lighting. It was so gorgeous. It, it's it's really nice. I only I only wish they were longer because they all ended a little too fast That is for true. Me. Um, my first thing is going to be quick. Okay. Uh, it is simply... How very, how they have just figured all all their shit out. I couldn't think of a better way to put it. Disney, not the Navi. Disney. Well, the Navi, I think, also (laughs) are living living large. Um, I'm a very like meticulous planner, especially when it comes to vacations, because uh, especially these days, like we never take vacations, and so I see like my time off as this precious commodity, and any time that is spent like not using it to its best potential because like we got lost or because of some sort of confusion. I admit I get like way too, uh, we have a saying in our family that we have also sort of adopted now of, uh, being on the case. So like this, this came up when, um, we would go to like the Carolinas for beach trips. Uh, cause it was like the closest drivable beach. The McRoy's would, we were, when we were younger and our dad would be like, there was one year our dad drove around for like 45 (laughs) minutes in the rain trying to find a steak and shake while all of us in the backseat were like, please just go some, there's a Wendy's, there's a rallies, just stop somewhere. And he was like, no, fine. Unless you're going to help me find the steak and shake. Like very, very intense. So we call that being on the case. And I get like that sometimes Disney world is designed for to to relieve you of that burden in almost every imaginable way. I was thinking of a few examples of this actually when I was telling my parents about it. Recently. It's it's astonishing. So I just mentioned the minivan thing. There are so many like public transport options. There's like boats and monorails and buses, uh, and then like we we took the the minivan a few times. You have to pay for that, but it's like the they have car easiest, seats in them. They have car seats in the car. That's amazing. Uh, like even before we got there, like I called a couple weeks ahead because we were trying to figure out some logistics stuff. So we were like, okay, we're gonna bring a pack and play. Uh, do we need to stop at a grocery store beforehand and get diapers? So I called, uh, we stayed at Wilderness Lodge, which is very nice. I uh, can't recommend it enough, if, especially if you have kids. Um, and I was like, yeah, so uh, do we need to bring a pack and play? How do we get that to you all? And they're like, no, there's a pack and play in every room. A pack in and play is like a little room. portable crib. It's so good. I'm like, okay, do we need to stop and get d- diapers and wipes and groceries? Ahead? And they're like, no, there's a grocery store in every every resort. And I was like, oh my God, you all have it all figured out. Uh, the whole time you're there, you wear this little wristband that has a little, I don't know, uh, like NFC chip, like an Amiibo in it. You can use that to open your hotel room. You can use that to charge purchases to your room at literally any place in the entire like town, essentially. And for FastPass. And you can use it for FastPass. FastPass is a system where you get three a day and you reserve a spot in a very, very fast line for any ride in the park. You just have to show up within like this hour long window that you book for yourself. And then when you've used all three, you can book more uh, either at the many, many kiosks that they have all around the park or on the Disney Experience app, which has fucking everything. Yeah, you can make dinner reservations. You on can the make app. dinner reservations. You can make fast pass reservations. Your pictures from the theme park. Yeah, rides. I don't know how that happens. That is quite strange, <laughs> but we would creepy. go, we would go on a ride and it would like send our pictures of us like you know the frozen ride you go down a, a little slope and it takes a picture of you being all scared and it knew it was us and sent it to my phone which was wild you can search for any like merch or like food item that is for sale in the park and it will tell you where it is in an interactive map where it shows you where you are and that map also shows you all of the wait times for every attraction near you like i don't know how they do it man it's insane it's it's it is the most it is the most streamlined. We didn't also we didn't do this, but there's like a uh, a service you can do where if you fly into Orlando, we flew into Tampa, but if you fly into Orlando, you can get picked up by this huge like Disney bus, and they will just get your bags off the carousel. So you check your bags in wherever you're flying out of, and you won't see them again until they're in your room wherever oh you're gosh. staying. In. It's like wild how much they have. Like, can I tell you something I appreciated? Yes, it's very very simple. Every ride has stroller parking. Yes. So, and this is just like so 
next level to me because they anticipated, like us, they would have a lot of kids with strollers and they would need a place to put these strollers. And so they identified very specific areas to park strollers. Yes. Uh, everything was so easy. Everything, I, and, I, and I very, very quickly, like by day two, I had no anxiety the entire time I was there. <laughs> That's true. And oh, Rachel and I talked beforehand, like, um, I was excited to go to Disney World, but I do. I, I know a lot of people who go many times a year, several times a year, and are acolytes of 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 like the Disneyland Disney World experience. And I couldn't really understand why that is, right? Like they're not updating stuff that fast. Um, I would see we watched a lot of like reviews of people like going to the restaurants. They're like, "This is the best food I've ever eaten," and it's like, "There's no way that's true. It is still <laughs> a theme park." But at the same time like instantly because of all this stuff and because like we had a really fun time and our son like loved every minute of it which is like man that is some choice shit right there um i had no anxiety the entire time i was there because everything was just figured out and i know i mean obviously you pay a lot of money yes, it is not cheap yes. to go and and stay at the resorts or uh, go to the park and i totally understand that that is like a, a we're coming from a place of privilege like talking about this but um i i i had f- like four anxiety free days last week <laughs> and it was so good and i completely get why people are like this into the experience of yeah going. it's it's so wise because it is very expensive and they like identified all the major stresses that come with traveling with children yes uh, and they made it so it's like a vacation that you want to do again because it's so rare when you have a kid that you can travel somewhere and you feel totally understood by all the parks yes. and accommodations available. Like, like I just felt so comfortable, like calling the front desk, for example, when I had a question or, you know, like, yeah. like I understood like this is their business. Their business is people with kids. And so I don't have to worry about inconveniencing anyone. This is the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, 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 it's kind of genius. Like I, I've heard a lot of people, including my parents talk about how some kind of haze comes over you while you're there and you just want to invest in this like ridiculous machine. Uh, and I think it is, it's just that feeling of like, it's, it's covered. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got me. <laughs> yeah. It is a nice, nice, nice feeling. Yeah. Um, also, there's just so much cool shit at that park. It feels like a, the whole park feels like an ARG to me. Like it feels like a, there's little mysteries, like all the hidden Mickey what stuff. ARG means. At an alternate reality game, it's typically used as a like promotional thing we made a lot of jokes about it during the mbim tv show like follow the the numbers the secret numbers that you see everywhere and go to the website um and i i I don't know i feel like there's like layers of stuff at disney world that is like so fascinating and like all of the history of it is is uh interesting to me anyway that is our disney block you can now we're gonna get back to the the real world Ugh. (laughs) um but to do that i'll have to steal you away Boop, 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 boop. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was the best one yet. That was the best one ever. <laughs> It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you you can sell 
sell uh, your time? Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible. That's um the, for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, anything is possible. In the wow. Background. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderfulpod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderfulpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Do we have any Jumbotrons? Yes, we do. Uh, so this is a Jumbotron for a interview podcast called Four Teenage Girls. F-O-U-R or F-O-R? F-O-R. Awesome. Uh, every week, 17-year-old writer and artist B. Highland sits down with another young woman or woman-aligned person to talk about their passions. For more information, check out 4teenagegirls.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. F-O-R-T-E-E-N-A-G-E-G-I-R-L-S.com. That sounds like such a fucking cool podcast. 4teenagegirls.com. I know. It's super great. Yeah. I wish that kind of thing existed when I was a teenager. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Instead, I was just watching Dawson's Creek. Yeah, not a lot of helpful material there, not I think. exactly, no. Do you remember the Dawson's Creek Halloween episodes <laughs> where they would get for real murdered each episode? Yes. Epi well, it's because the guy was the... Right, he was the scream director, but he. it still doesn't change the fact that like the episode would end with like Dawson getting just shanked. Know, like everybody... To yeah. death. Mm -hmm. And then it's like... Happy Halloween. I don't want to wait. Like, or we're back the next week, and it's not. It's just him and Joey doing... Anyway, uh, <laughs> I have a uh, Jumbotron here. This one is for Johnny, and it's from Megan, who says, Hey, Bean, surprise, I snagged a Jumbotron. Actually says Jumbotron, which I love. There's so many I fun like ways that. to say Jumbotron. Uh, based on the McRoy track record, happy B-Day, but also happy anniversary. That gives us a solid six-month span. You're a joy, an absolute delight. It's officially immortalized here. Big hug kisses and a few widge licks love megan let's talk about what widge also this is for august 18th so a little bit coming in clocking in a little bit after the birthday what's a widge lick how's it spelled w-i-d-g-e widge lick what's what could widge be short for widget i googled it and i got no results brian is it about eating ass? <laughs> no, baby, I don't think so. Are you for sure? I don't, I mean, I'm not for sure. I really didn't think we had to talk about it. I mean, we are now. I I'm guess. curious, though. I think it's talking about eating ass. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's not. Well, it's funny because my next wonderful thing is. Is eating ass? Well, let's go. <laughs> Listen. We already know that you love genre movies, film craft, and female filmmakers. So, if you love all those things, then by transitive property, you love my podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Hi, I'm film critic April Wolf. Every week, I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their favorite genre film. Each episode covers the filmmaking process, working in the film industry, and just like general geeking out about awesome movies. I've had such great guests like the big sick writer Emily Gordon. To me, indie movies as of late have come to be a catch-all term for a movie that kind of 
Defy genre? Billy Madison and Half-Baked director Tamara Davis. When a comedian comes and enters onto my set, they're, th- they're just there to be funny. And we're all ready and waiting for them to be funny. Horror industry veteran and actor Barbara Crampton. That's where real drama lies for me. What's, what's between you and I speaking right now? Where, where are we meeting? And what's the energy that we create between us? And so many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to know my second thing? I already know it, babe. (laughs) Yeah, what's your second thing? Public libraries. Public libraries are really the shit. Do we even need to go that much deeper? It's free books, y'all. Go get them. Damn. I know. I I had to double check that I hadn't talked about this already because I feel like I talk about going to the library a lot. You talk about a lot of book adjacent sort of things. And then I just, and now I'm starting to feel like if we don't call out something on wonderful, that means that not only do we not find it wonderful, but we don't like it. We hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so now I feel like I need to say public libraries. Public libraries are officially good. Yes. Good. McElroy's are pro library. Children's laughter is good. <laughs> All candy, except bit of honey. So, so libraries obviously have been around since the beginning of time. Uh, the modern public library grew out of uh, the end of the 19th century. Uh, philanthropists and businessmen, including Andrew Carnegie, helped to fund the establishment of large public libraries. Public libraries in North America uh, started in the uh, 1800s. The first large public library supported by taxes in the United States was uh, the Boston Public Library. That was the first one. Well, so there, there is another library in New Hampshire established in 1833, uh, but that was a small public library. And we're talking, and, and by public library, we're talking about tax-supported yes. libraries. Yes. Okay. Uh, but the, the first kind of large city-wide library was in Boston in 1854. 1,689 Carnegie libraries were built in the United States between 1883 and 1929, including some belonging to universities. By 1930, half the American public libraries had been built by Carnegie. Jeez. I know. Uh, so here's, here's, here's where we get to like the part that fills me with hope and joy. Okay. The main task of public libraries is to provide the public with access to books and periodicals. The American Library Association addresses the role of library as part of, quote, access to information and equity of access. It's part of the profession's ethical commitment that, quote, no one should be denied information because he or she cannot afford the cost of a book or periodical, have access to the internet or information in any of its various formats. That is, yeah. I mean, that is what's pure and good about the library. I love that. Every time I walk into a library and it's just like, sometimes multiple floors just like books and movies and and like all these like resources where you can like learn more and become a better person and they're like here yeah borrow this for a while and bring it back yeah and it's especially great when you look at it in the abstract which is just like here's a building full of knowledge I know, and you can get knowledge in here and then you can leave with that knowledge and be able to like do more stuff and know more stuff and everybody it's equal to everybody it's just how much you want to come in here and get the knowledge well and it, and it feels like a lot of it feels kind of almost like a tribute to these creators yeah. you know like it's this usually at least in austin anyway the central library which i've been spending a lot of time at with henry um is enormous and it just feels like this big celebration of all these great people that have made these great things yeah. you get to like come and appreciate what they do without having to spend a bunch of money um, also, they have a big chess set, and the pieces are as big as Henry. Oh, oh it's no. good stuff. Last time I went, there was somebody playing it, and I had to like oh, keep no. Henry from like running onto the. <laughs> you should have let him go. Maybe he was like a Bobby Fisher. I know. What if he just like won the game in one move? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. One of the things that's also great about our libraries here and a lot of libraries is that they have. They're designed to be spaces to be, not yeah. just get in and get out. You know, they're not like convenience stores. They like have little things to do and places to sit and computers and 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 things that encourage you to stay longer than just, you know, you would get like a can of soda somewhere. Did your local library growing up do like summer reading programs? Because yes. mine totally did. Of course. I think all do. It, ours was if you finished a book, I remember very vividly there was one summer where I was just fucking like 
just tearing books apart uh, reading reading wise. I wasn't actually destroying them because <laughs> if you read like a whole book uh, and you brought it back, you got to like roll a dice and then you would move like this piece on this game board that you got to take home. And like if you landed on certain spaces, you would get like some sort of little little prize. And the prizes were probably like stickers. Probably nothing like too incredible, but it like blew my mind that you could do this. I love how this like achievement focus of yours started. This was like nineteen ninety four, maybe, and they had already figured out how to gamify reading for children. <laughs> I mean, this was accelerated. Well, reader we had into... we had the pizza thing. Uh, oh yeah, like the pizza hut. Like you read books and you could get like free pizzas or something. Yeah. Um, um, did but... you have accelerated reader at your school? It was this program where you could read books from like the school library, um, and then you took like this test from this database, and it would test your like reading comprehension and to make sure that you got it. And if you got like if you passed the test, then like for each answer you got right, you got a certain number of points. And like for a way longer book like War and Peace, uh, which nobody read because it was like middle school. Um, but if you read uh, all of War and Peace and like the questions were worth way more points because you read way more pages. And I did figure out how to um, quit, quit the test before it counted my answers so I could learn which ones were the right answers. And so I totally faked like, holy shit, War and Peace, Les Miserables. Um, <laughs> A lot of Moby Dick, like a lot of them, like I just memorized what the answers were, and then I was like, I, I think I got like like a like some roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. But libraries and actually reading books are so. <laughs> know what to do with you sometimes libraries are so good though i don't know what you're talking about by the way we we didn't ever like take computer quizzes about books to get roller skates well (laughs) 90s kids um yeah so i i I feel like libraries are kind of like a symbol of like this kind of faith in people and, and the pursuit of learning and it's like something that was founded obviously like hundreds of years ago but like continues to stand as this like community center for like people to to learn and and share an interest in like research and and entertainment and the access piece really speaks to me too yeah because i mean when i was a kid you know like i I absolutely loved reading and you know like my parents weren't gonna go out and spend hundreds of dollars on me to read a bunch of books that i would finish in like two days and never read again you know so we used to go to library in the summertime and i would get really interested in children's authors there's this one author that i was super into as a kid called mary downing han and she wrote all these novels uh for kids and i have never heard anybody talk about her uh i like googled her to see if this was like a thing a lot of people haven't talk to her about her so i'm hoping some of our listeners will will shout out my love for her uh but i just remember going in the library and learning exactly where all her books were and like immediately walking to that section and like pulling whatever additional book was off and just like having those memories um of libraries like i still get that feeling anytime i walk into a library yeah. uh, and so i it's just seemed worth mentioning to me. Yeah. This is super great. I mean, for me, it was mostly uh, Goosebumps and Animorphs. And rolling a dice so you could get stickers. Yeah. But, I mean, there was something pleasurable about reading the Animorphs. And there were so many. There were like 80 Animorphs books. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to fucking buy all of those. It's also how I watched most of Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah. I would oh. get the DVDs from the library. Oh, we would like rent movies from the library because uh, yeah. Blockbuster was a little rich from our blood. Well, I did that a lot as an adult. Yeah, like definitely. I think we watched a season of Survivor from the library, Mm -hmm. which was great because we'd have to like we'd watch like eight episodes and you'd be like, okay, off to the library (laughs) to get the next eight episodes. Oh, somebody's already got the next eight episodes. We'll wait. (laughs) Um, Do you want to know my second thing? Yes. Uh, I think I'll be quick again with my second thing. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, Watch. It's all I do. It's all I do is watch YouTube. I'm wondering about that. I'm wondering about it too. <laughs> what is happening to me? No, we were uh, just on tour, so we were we did Orlando uh, right off the Disney trip. Which um, not going to do that again is do a week week at Disney and then a week in the tourist. That was a little bit off, a little bit. My eyes are a bit bigger than our stomach there. Um, but I had one day where I was like in Atlanta. I was just in the hotel room like all day, and I was just watching YouTube. Um, and I stumbled upon this channel called, uh, Red Means Recording. 
And this is a music channel. It's a guy named Jeremy Blake, who is like an electronic musician. Um, and he does a lot of really cool stuff, mostly with like different synthesizers. I think what got me like really interested in it is like on a surface level, I find like uh, specialized synthesizer equipment really interesting because it's all, it's all doing like kind of the same thing, which is like changing a waveform to produce like a certain kind of sound. And then like the crazy billions of different like pieces of technology that do that the i find very interesting and his channel is all about that um but he has this series of videos that he does where he uses this keyboard called the op1 uh, it's from a uh, company called Teenage Engineering. I know this because I want one so very badly, but they are a thousand dollars. Have you looked on eBay? Yeah, um, they're a thousand dollars. They're also incredibly hard to find. So on eBay, they're actually like it's used. It smells like cigarette smoke. Four keys are missing. Fifteen hundred dollars. It's like no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I went down a rabbit hole watching the videos that he does. So this keyboard, the OP1, it is very sleek. It is very fucking stylish, uh, and it basically does like everything that like a, a digital audio workspace like logic pro x or garage band or ableton or like i use uh logic pro x now to like make music for adventure zone it kind of does all of that stuff uh but just with four tracks and this tiny little keyboard that is so cute um and i could like put in my backpack and like take on a trip with me and well what's cool about the videos is he really like shows you how he yeah. puts it together so i was talking exclusively about how cool this keyboard is but what he does these videos are like <laughs> 20 minutes long and he starts with nothing uh maybe he has like some samples so the keyboard can like take in samples you can like upload them to it or you can just record it with a microphone uh or off like a line in uh, it also has a radio tuner in it so you can just like record shit off the radio and then use that as a sample to play so maybe he'll start with like a little bit of something but then you will watch him like okay let's play some drums and they'll lay down a beat and okay that's good here's the melody and we'll play the melody um and like constantly tweak and change things like okay here's the drums i'm gonna add like maybe just some hi-hats on top of all of that you see every part of the song yeah, getting he's made like putting it in, in text above too. yes there's an, he doesn't talk at all it's just through this text that appears on screen and it's it's still like very entertaining and a lot of personality comes through it um and it's also like really educational because it's like telling like you're you're learning a lot of stuff about like um what different effects do to different sounds like uh this this drum uh doesn't match with like the rest of the song because the rest of the song has this like crunchy feel what kind of effects can we use on that to like make it feel crunchier um and what is that what does the crunchiness accomplish uh but it does that in like a i don't know a really funny entertaining way um and then by the end of the song usually it ends with just the whole track the whole like finished track which you can also listen to most of his music's on spotify um and the music's like really fucking fresh fresh um and like i've been listening to it in the car with henry as we like drive to school because he just loves like bopping around in in his little car seat and it's really neat listening to these songs and really enjoying them and know uh, and knowing that you like watched the how it's made episode of how so it's not just a youtube thing no i mean he also i mean he sells all of his his music and um has like a you know a band camp page and a soundcloud page and a patreon page um which i just started supporting because he like hands out all the music that he makes through that um yeah i don't know i got i i just watched so many of these videos the music is so so fresh i'll, I'll play a little bit uh, of one song right now which like i don't know if necessarily you get the same thing out of it without like seeing it get made uh but this is a song called uh i need you which weirdly enough uh, i was watching these videos and he does like a lot of like funny cut ins of like different like like a gif of like a dude dancing will just like float up from on top of the keyboard that he edited in afterwards there's an audio sample of somebody saying boy and there's a picture of me doing the like sh face from the Mabim bam show oh, really that says pops up when it says boy which like scared the shit out of me um yeah, I like it. Weird. It was a weird like. Uh, uh, th this is not why I decided to talk about this. Like, I genuinely, uh, I watched all of his videos and like was really grooving on them. But like, imagine me like in my Atlanta hotel room. They're locked up in the room for like seven hours, like watching this video, and then my face appears in the YouTube video, and I was like, "What the fuck?" It spooked me really bad. But this is I need you.
like if I opened a jar of peanut butter because I really wanted some peanut butter. Yeah. And then there was like a picture of me and the peanut butter. Yeah. It's a pretty much, it's exactly it's like, like the same thing. Uh, do you want to hear some submissions? Yes. Oh, hey, where do people send submissions? Uh, they send them to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Aaron says, one of my favorite things is when the first signs of autumn start to appear, even when it's still technically summer and very hot outside. Autumn is my favorite season. So when those first few leaves or individual tree branches start to change to red, orange, and yellow, I get very excited for the upcoming fall festivities and can't stop trying to spot more leafy outliers that are changing before the rest. Oh, it's so good. I noticed that this week, some of the leaves are changing here. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, here's one from Amanda who says, uh, commonly known as scary trash birds, crows are actually real smart. These bad boys can recognize human faces and voices, learn to mimic speech, and if you're nice to them, they'll remember you and tell their friends about you. I don't know about that last part. Yeah, the last part's a little confusing. Yeah, it sounded like you're like, these, these guys aren't ominous. They're really cute. They learn how to speak and they'll tell your, their friends about you. So fucking watch it, Daryl. <laughs> Uh, Julia says something I think is wonderful is a flawless parallel parking job. Oh my gosh. Boom, done. I always get so excited and I, I always demand whoever is in the car with me to really recognize my talent, it, it, which is only wild to me because you pretty much nail it every time. Like you are really very, very good <laughs> at it, which is great. I, I got good at it living in Chicago with a car mm. because I had to drive my friend's well, my like two friends uh, that I had in Chicago, like, uh, to, to a few places. And I drove to like, yeah. I drove a lot, um, more than I needed to, more I should have. And I, you have to fucking learn how to parallel park because there's, it's so scarce. I failed it on my driver's test. Wow. Uh, I don't know exactly how I, I got so expert. That's at what it. I'm saying. You didn't get, you didn't, you weren't forged in the crucible of like no. a crazy metropolitan city. No. You're just really good at it. Thank you. You have the talent. Thank you. Do you ever see those commercials or like stunts in movies where they do like a 180 like drift around and they land perfectly in the parking spot between two cars? I have always wanted to do that. It would take me about 75 cars. 75 of the car that I am driving and then like probably 100, at least 100 of the two cars that I'm trying to like get in between. (laughs) As far as you would ruin 75 cars? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. I would goof them up real good. Mm -hmm. But then the one time I did it, I'd be like, that was so awesome. (laughs) um yeah (laughs) hey thanks for listening hey thank you for listening i was just thinking about stunt driving how cool it would be to do it i wish there was a place you could go and like hit a ramp there probably is right liability on that and the expenses associated i know i know you could be a contestant on a reality show they seem to do that a lot i mean i could also just like when it's time for this car, I'm driving a rental car right now. Yeah. I could drive up to, you know, Lake Travis, build a ramp. Stunt. Stunt. And then return the car, maybe? Well, no. Just ruin it? Something happened to the car. <laughs> dude, I could be like, dude, where's my car? And they'd be like, that's fine. That's legally binding. Uh, if you don't know where the car is. You yeah. gotta get used on us. Yeah. And we just fall for it we every time. We just fall for it. We can't do anything about it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for um, all of your support. Uh, hey, go check out Maximum Fun. They have a, a bunch of great shows at MaximumFun.org. Shows like uh, Story Break and Switchblade Sisters and Minority Corner. Minority Corner. And Inside Pop. And Inside Pop. Um, and we have other shows at McElroyShows.com. Um I don't, I don't. Did I don't. you thank Bowen and Augustus? Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. Uh, you can find a link to that in the episode description. Um, oh, hey there. Uh, Justin and Sydney wrote a Sawbones book. It is very good. I got an early copy of it. Uh, Taylor, Sydney's sister, did all of the art. It is, it is really, really funny and informative and gross and cool. And there's a picture of a big uh, penis. <laughs> And also, um, besides that, super accessible for people, even if you don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, for if sure. If you have any interest in in like the history of medicine or just like the history of crazy, weird treatments throughout the years. You should listen to the podcast, too. It's a really, really good podcast. You should. But I, I want to make sure that people understand that it is a great gift yeah. for everybody. Uh, it's uh, available to pre-order on, uh, you know, wherever you want to pre-order a book. Uh, it's 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 all over. It comes out in October, and you're just going to love it. Um, and I think that's it, yeah? Yes. Okay, well. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Oh, so great. Uh, here's to many more episodes. All right. 
and a lot less labor just going forward. Uh, and in, in the physical kind, not the, uh, unions, labor unions are great. Keep it bouncy. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a flowbie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman.